Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Go With Your Gut podcast. I am your host, Lauren Dreyer, and today we have the lovely Marianne Chance here. And guys, this is a fun episode for me because I, I work with Marianne anyway, and today we get to we get to see her in a little bit of a different light. Marianne is, of course, brilliant. She is hilarious, described as awesome sauce and so engaging. Guys, you'll forget to do whatever you need to go do. She has trained over 20,000 people in nearly every state and all over the world. She is recognized as one of the top trainers in America, which I can attest that she is fantastic. And in 2013, she started Work Warrior as a training organization that provides manager and team trainings to companies all across the states. So there you go. We have already established that she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about. So thank you so much for being here, Marianne. I appreciate your time today. Well, I'm going to shoot that right back at you. Thank you for inviting me to be on here. I love podcasts. <laughs> they are fun and they're a good way to uh, do a little something different for sure. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. So I, we've talked a little bit before and everybody on here knows that I am such a huge believer in not working out of fear, but working through it. And that is how, in my opinion, we learn to look at fear in a different way. So tell me about a fear and how it has happened to you in big ways and how you've worked through it, how it's almost stopped you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so fear is really, really interesting to me because we live in a world of like Instagram and Pinterest where people post things like, you know, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself and like feel the fear and do it anyway and go and be fearless and all of this stuff. And what we don't realize is that we will always have fear, right? Like it is a survival technique. Yep. Something has to tell us to keep like running from the tiger, right? Like we can't yeah. the tiger. Um, but what has happened is that now seeps over into like our everyday life. And um, it's interesting because Fear is a topic that I really started to work with back in, I'm going to say 2016. I don't know. But like the yeah. pandemic took like two years away. Yeah. Right. right? It took two yep. years away. Um, but it was really interesting to dive into like, what are the root causes of fear? What can we do to act in spite of it? How do we act when we're afraid? And so right. um, I love this question. I love it. So that was a really long intro to say, I love this question. <laughs> really long way to say that. But um, when you ask about working through it, I was listening to a podcast and it was uh, The Savvy Psychologist. And I wish I could tell you the episode, but I think it was called Listen to Your Gut. And um, she had said that if you're trying to differentiate the difference between listening to your gut, which is huge for you, and fear, it is your gut is the quiet voice that says, I know. And fear is the loud voice that shouts, what if? And so like, when I think about how fear creeps into my life, because it does, like, I would say probably in small ways, 
something to be afraid of every day. Right. Um, and then in really, really big ways too. Some people having fun behind me. Um, in really big ways too. Uh, the very first thing that I do is I just stop and I say, what's happening here? Is this the quiet voice that says I know? Or is this the really loud voice that's saying what if? And that is the first thing that I do when it comes to trying to figure out how am I going to work through this? So um, for example, like let's say it comes to picking up a new topic uh, for training, or it comes to doing a release of a new product on my end. Um, of course, there's fear there, right? Like right. doing something new. Right. What if nobody buys my workbook? What if everybody thinks I'm terrible? What if people look at this and they're like, who does she think she is? Um, I stop and then I just listen to, but what just came out of my mouth? What if, what if, what if, yep. and then dead giveaway that I'm going with fear. And then I just stop and I say, what do I know? Like, that's what I start. What do I know? And then I go from there. Absolutely. And that you just said like, everything that I sort of do in a different way, because for me, like you, that's how you recognize it. And when I can sense it coming on, it's like, I get such nerves in my stomach. And the same thing happens is I'm like, what if this, what if this, what if this? And it used to take me so long to actually realize instead of me being like, yeah, okay, like maybe I shouldn't do this for me to say, oh no, that those nerves, those butterflies, me trying to talk myself out of it is my, my moment of saying, Lauren, it's time to walk right, right to that. It's exactly where you need to go because walking away isn't going to do anything for you. Yep. So I think, okay, so I just like, I know that you're thinking, yeah. but I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> I gotta hop in. I gotta hop in. So there's two things that I was thinking of. Um, yeah. That is, uh, so I love quotes. So one yeah. of um, my favorite quotes is by John Link, uh, John Greenleaf Whittier. And he says, of all the sad words of tongue and pen, the most are the saddest what might have been. And I think that when we allow those what ifs to run our life, what yeah. if I don't get the job? What if I don't leave this relationship? What if I um, fail? What if they reject me? Then that's when we live in that world of what might have been. And when you talk about your nerves, I'm thinking about another, my one of my favorite quotes from the movie Armageddon. Yes, I am talking about Armageddon. <laughs> I am, but it's when, um, Owen Wilson is about to be launched into space and he's like, I'm 99% scared, 1% excited, or maybe it's 1% scared or 99% excited. And like those nerves are like the exact same feel when you're excited as you are afraid. It's just yes. how you look at them. Yes. And that is what is so key in my opinion. And it sounds like you just said the same thing of, being able to take fear and recognize that there it is still energy. So let's take the energy of fear, put a new label on it and call it motivation. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, okay, there's, there's that thing of fear that's doing the what if. And I'm like, okay, let's turn that into motivation and say, I'm going to expect the good things. What if this goes 
exactly how I want? What if this is so much better than I'm thinking? And good gosh, it took me so freaking long to figure out how to make that shift. But once I got out of my head, which I'm always in my head, once I got out of my head and learned to listen to that nerves feeling, and instead of being like, oh yeah, that's telling me to get the heck out of here. It's okay. This is going to bring me to my next level. That gut feeling is going to take me exactly where I need to go. And honestly, I can say it's led me to do some things get that scared the crap out of me, right? But it has not led me wrong yet. Well, it's, you know, I mean, fear is usually wrong. Right. I mean, have you ever noticed that life, uh, life always works out? I mean, we sit there and we agonize over these decisions, right? Like, should I do this or should I do that? Should I move? Do I stay where I am? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I go for the promotion? Do I start my own business? And like, no matter what your choice is, it always works out. I mean, it's, it does. I mean, you will be okay. And like, we, we, we forget that as we are so paralyzed of making the right decision that we forget, like, wait, hold on. It will work out one way or the other. It will be fine. No matter what decision I make. Right. And that has been, that has been a key for me. So for anybody who listens knows that I have very high anxiety and all the other things that come with it. And when that happens to me, and it's, here's all the mountainous things that could happen. I have learned to, as we said, go through that, go at it and say, I'm going to do this anyway, because as you start working through that fear, going with that gut and making it happen and learning to be okay and realize the different path it took you on you'll gain that concrete evidence of, oh, I can make it through. I like, I could be better. I could be in a different place than I thought, but I can make it through. So I'm curious as for your own experiences and do you have an example of like a specific event, situation, time, anything like that of where you were completely second guessing yourself <laughs> and, and walk me through a little bit about how that internal script went for you and how you worked through that. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, um, a couple, uh, well, it was pre pandemic. I don't know. It was like 2017, <laughs> right. It was like maybe 16, 17, 18. I don't know. Yeah. Some- those years. Yeah. And, um, I had gotten an email to submit a proposal to go and speak in Belgrade, Serbia. Okay. And, um, it was a tech conference and I had pushed back and I was like, ah, I don't know. Like I applied last year and I didn't get it. So I don't want to waste my time. And they were like, please apply. Like we're keeping the deadline open for you. And I was like, that's a fucking good sign. <laughs> and, um, so I, I submitted my proposal and it was on fear. Like this was actually the topic that I was, I was doing keynotes on at the time. And so I was like, I'll just do this. And I really did not expect to get, um, accepted. And when I did, 
I went to the website to see all of the people that would be there. And it was like, Microsoft is going to be here and Amazon is going to be <laughs> and like, I don't know, like Sony is going to be here. And then it was like, and then work warrior. And I was like, um, hmm. Yep. One of these things is most certainly not like the other one. And, um, I went there and they did such a great job with marketing. And like you would walk in and they would see some of the world's top speakers here. And I was like, oh, like I have 500 followers on like Facebook. I'm like, I don't think that really shouts like <laughs> speaker and anyhow, all of this stuff. And, and then there were like tracks. And so then I was like, what if nobody shows up to mine? And like, and then I went to dinner and, but I, but I calmed myself down. Right. Like Lauren, right. I was like, okay, cool. I'm here. They wouldn't have invited me if they didn't hear what I had to say. And then I was at dinner and, um, in Belgrade, they know how to host. So we got drinks a flowing and more food than you could possibly imagine. And this one guy was sitting at my table and he goes, Oh, you're that fear girl. I voted on you. I voted for you. And I was like, Oh, cool. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like submitted. And he's like over 400. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I, again, I was like, how did I get here? And it was like that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing was like standing on stage and, and, and being like, I'm in a different country. And what if they don't understand what I'm saying? And what if, you know, because obviously this was something that they had paid for me to come and do. And I'm like, what if they like ask for their money back? Like, I don't, what am yeah. I going to do? Um, I think the working through it was standing on stage and opening with the whole story of being scared there and then yeah. hearing their laughter. And then I'm very, even in keynotes, interactive. Like I still ask you to do something and like yeah. seeing them participate and um, seeing them laugh and all of those things that I would expect here in America, those audiences to do. And it yeah. was just... Um, it was the doing it anyway. Like the number one fear, the number one way to get over fear is to do it anyway. And yeah. a lot of people are like, ah, I want some more tips. But for me, it's like, no, doing it. You're, you're going to show up and you're going to go on stage and you're going to talk and you're going to see what happens. Like you just, you just. Yeah. Because once you start, I mean, you're not going to stop, right? Like you're going to stop mid-sentence and be like, oh man, I don't think y'all are digging this. Peace out. Like, I mean, you're going to continue to go. Right. So you apply for the job, right? Like once you hit submit, it's done. You ask the person out. Like once you yep. ask them out, whether they say yes or no, it doesn't matter. It is done. So just do it. And I love that story because that has been so true in my experiences too, as I'm like, okay, you know, I'm excited to go do these things. And of course, you know, I want to go for big things. I want to, I want to do all these things. And I know that once I am in the spot, it's going to be fine, but it's all that anticipation and working up to it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to, what's going to happen? I'm going to be horrible. This is going to go disastrous. And you know, all the things. And instead being like, could this happen? Yeah. But I've done everything I could do. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to have fun with it. And if it doesn't work out, I guess I won't come back next time. Right. Right. And honestly, tell me what your experience has been with this, because it seems to me like when you get up, we have such high pressure on ourselves 
to be perfect. And then you get up and, you know, even if you do, I know so many people that make a mistake on purpose. So it's like, let's just go ahead and break that ice so everybody can be laughing and then I can just move on with it. It makes you human. People don't relate with perfection, right? And so getting up, taking that expectation off yourself and we build up that fear so much in our head that it's like, okay, you're terrified by the time you get there. Well, something's going on with Marianne and she just dropped off. So we will see if she can hop back on here shortly and we will keep going with this. But this just shows everybody that it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter what your level is, that the fear never stops coming. The f- the fear will always be there and it will find new ways back into you no matter what, no, in different ways. I think I've conquered it at one point and all of a sudden it finds its way right back in. And all I'm thinking is, oh, you sneaky. Okay, we're going to do this today. And you learn to work right through it. You learn to notice what it is, what's going on, and you figure it out. So when you have that time of, yes, I'm terrified to do this. And like Marianne was saying, she was the small fish. She felt like the small fish in this bigger, huge international conference where they asked her to be there. There, she's back. Hold on. Hey! So, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> so apparently uh, the beach was just too hot for my laptop. It just like... Nice. Yeah. It decided to throw us for a loop, but... It did. Yeah. So now I'm just going to come inside. And I told you, I told you this would happen, that we were going to have that real moment of like... And you know what? We were rolling with it because I was talking about how what you were describing as the imposter syndrome and how much that comes in with that fear aspect, because I have been there so many times already. I keep diving into that pond and they asked you to come, even though you'd already been denied, they asked you to come back. So how do you deal with that imposter syndrome? Because I think a lot of people, myself very much included are like, I'm going to go for something, but why would I ever, I don't have the credentials. I don't have the background. So how do you deal with that? Well, it comes with, well, it comes with time. Like that's the only thing that I can say is that the more time that happens, the more you actually listen to feedback and use it as data, right? Like, oh, all these people say they think that I'm funny. Cool. I guess. I can just put that in that category, right? Like, oh, all these people said that I was relatable. Cool. Or they thought that my stories were great. Yes. And you use that data 
more as um, that feedback, I guess, more yeah. as you can do to improve. And then when you start seeing trends and patterns of what you do really well, like you just go with that. And so um, when you talk about the imposter syndrome, I think for me, it just got to the point of, um, you know what, I need to take a breath on days that I'm off just recognizing what it is that I bring to the table and say, these people don't know. These people don't know what my A game is. So even if it is a B minus game, I have worked so hard that my B minus game is still better than a lot of people's A plus game. And you yep. just roll with it, right? Like you extend grace to yourself, but it's also that confidence piece. Like, look, I like I at some point you have to stand in what you do well. Like you don't have, like just stand in it, just own it. And just, it's not, it's not, cocky. It's not, um, you know, unhumble or whatever. So that's what you do, Lauren. Like you just it, like, as you get that experience, right. You just, yeah. Well, and that's fantastic. And I think that ties in a lot of things that we've been talking about beautifully because I mean, everybody that I talk to, I don't care what they're doing, whether it's being no matter what new stage of life you're in, right. It's I'm doing, if you're doing something new that you've never done before, you're going to have that, I don't deserve to be here thing or whatever the case may be. And I sit there and I'm like, that's when you say, well, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to get myself where I need to deserve to be here. And let me, let me show you how good I am to deserve to be here with that because, and that's what I was talking about earlier with the consistent action and giving yourself those concrete evidence of we don't give ourselves enough credit, right? You've figured it out. I love what you said. I'm going to interject. I <laughs> love what you said about doing what it takes to be qualified to get there. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is such an important piece that people miss. Like yeah. they don't understand the hard work that goes behind. Yes. Getting where it is that you need to go. Right. Like you're yes. going to listen to your podcast five years from now and you're going to listen to your very first one. And you're going to go, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Like, Oh, but then there's just learning. Cause you show up and you get better and you get better and you get better. Yeah. And I think more people would look at, everything is a learning opportunity to get better and better. They would realize it's not scary. I'm learning. Right. And I used to be so terrified of the failure aspect when I finally learned to shift that failure aspect into, well, yeah, it might not go the way I want it to. We're going to do it anyway. So I think you said something that is incredibly important there, and I'm not sure you realized it. So I hate <laughs> the word failure. Yeah. It's a dumb word. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, like, and you know, in the small business world, I used to do a lot of work with startups, and they would say stupid things like fail fast. It's like, it doesn't make it better when you call it fail, right? right. Or right. it's only failure if you don't learn from, I mean, all this nonsense. And it's right. like, you know, eliminate the word failure from your vocabulary and replace it with that didn't work. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, oh, I, I launched this training and nobody signed up. Well, that didn't work. And right. instead I failed and it just changes the whole tune of everything. It, it does. 
because that word failure is like that big red blinking thing in your head that everybody has to avoid. And yeah, I mean, everybody sees the word fail and you run, you run scared from it. And I've, I've learned this a, I started a long time ago in direct sales that didn't, well, let's not go there, but they always said, you know, let's see how many times you can succeed at getting the word no. And I'm always like, well, isn't that me failing at it and doing that when in all reality, no, I'm learning what not to do. But have you noticed that like, we only use the word failure around ourselves? Like we don't start like, so like last week, let's not go here. Um, (laughs) I got back from vacation and my, my car battery wouldn't start. I didn't get in my car when the battery wouldn't work and say my car failed me. Right. Like when I'm training my dog, new tricks and I'm trying to figure out, I don't sit there and go, my dog fails. Like, I don't look at a friend that like says to me, Oh, I didn't get the job. I don't go. Well, you failed. Like we only use that word with us. That's true. That's the F word. That's the F word that we all use with ourselves. Fail. I, I love that you just said that because I was trying to figure out eventually my plan is to write a book on failure. And literally my title was going to be failure is my favorite four letter word. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm like, yeah, like it has that connotation when you say it. But they're like, it It so wraps up that failure with that's such a, it was a big fear for me. It's not anymore, but that's such a big thing for people is you're afraid to fail. And I love how you word that of, yeah, it just didn't work. Let's try something new because you don't ever see, people don't talk about it. You don't see the things that go wrong. You don't see me about ready to throw my computer out the window because like I was figuring out a, a coding issue as I learned to build my website. You don't see that. I don't talk about it, but I can guarantee you I was about ready to throw my computer out the window and cry. <laughs> yes. And it's because it just didn't work. You didn't fail. It just <laughs> didn't work. You did not. You are still learning the knowledge to be an expert. Yeah. In the website. So you're just not there yet. You're still working. So tell me when you, when you originally kind of learned to go with that gut aspect, because I know for me, when I very first learned what that looked like for me, it was kind of that like light bulb moment of, oh, this is what like, this is what is supposed to happen. And not necessarily it's how my body talks to me, but that like rewiring my brain a little bit. So what did that look like for you in the beginning? So, um, all right. So I'm going to digress just a little, but I think okay. it will really make my point a little bit easier. And if not, then I tried it and it didn't work. Um, So when I was first learning to listen to my body in the sense of I'm thirsty or I'm hungry or I need to move, like my body would send me those sensations. I would actually say like out loud, if it was just me, I wouldn't look at a lot of people around, but I would say, oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go get water or, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. And that was just me 
acknowledging that I am recognizing what my body is telling me. Right. And so I think that when it comes to how did I go with this, um, this whole like fear thing or confidence thing or whatever, it's, it, it's the exact same way, right? right? Like, oh, my heart is beating a little bit fast because my brain is telling me those stories. Um, okay. I need to stop. Like what is happening here? Like, like, is this a, what if, or is this a, you know, and, um, also recognizing like when I'm making excuses, we like, when we make excuses, we all have patterns and it's recognizing what that pattern is and going, "Mm -mm, stop. This is an excuse. You need to step back, take a beat and figure out what to do. So like, like what can you do to act? What? I think it all comes down to what can you do to tell yourself a truer and better story? That's what it is, right? Like when I see all of these things happening, I stop and I take a breath and go, what is a truer, better story you need to be telling yourself right now? Because nothing that you're doing is accurate. Yeah. And that's hard. What? Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm trying to, like, that makes complete sense to me because for me, that was just a change in my thought process mm-hmm. and a change in um, my brain has always automatically gone to the negative. And I think as human nature, that's what we're trained to do as that uh, primal instinct survival thing. And a lot of people, I don't think, realize that that is that worked back in the day fantastic we're still alive in here right now learn how to shift that thinking mm-hmm. and say okay is this going to kill me cuz i ate the berries no probably not right or do i i need to redo that wording let's change the verbiage a little bit and the more you can learn to catch yourself and reword that, it's amazing how drastically, I mean, honestly, everything changes. <laughs> I started in one aspect long, long ago, maybe not that long ago. I don't know at this point, but you learn to shift that little piece and then you learn how to apply it in all these other aspects and then your world changes. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. You're like, you're preaching. <laughs> you're preaching. You're preaching. Well, and I think about that too, um, regarding like just society in general and yeah. like, like these constructs in which we think that we have to operate out of. And like the example that I'm thinking of, um, and I don't know why this is hot on my mind, but, um, I am so much happier when I'm not dating someone. I, I, I do the things and I cook and I, you know, I mean, all that stuff that you're supposed to do to make your man feel loved and this, that, and the other, and it's fine, whatever. And then I'm just like, but I'm so much happier when I'm just like, when I'm just with me right now. 
right? But like how many times, well, you're married. So you probably, I would hope that you don't get this. If so, you need new friends. But um, like how many times, oh, I got somebody I want you to meet. And when you say, you know what? I'm actually just like, I'm taking a breath right now. Like I'm stopping. And how many times they're like, oh no, like, you know, you really, you really should meet him. You'll get along. And it's like, you didn't hear my no, because people just think that there's something wrong with that. Or I think about how many times people tell me what I should do with my business. This drives me absolutely insane. Well, you should really go and try and do this. Or you know what? My church group's always looking for speakers. And I'm like, no, I know I don't. That's not my audience, right? Like that's yeah. not, that's not what I need to be doing. And I yeah. think it's fascinating too. Like how many times we like feel that we have to listen to other people and we're afraid to say something or set a boundary in place because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, you are preaching to the recovering people pleaser in me because I used to drop whatever I was doing to go help whoever do whatever, because I didn't want people to, um, I don't know, be mad at me, not like me. And it's amazing all the things that I didn't get done for me. And then, you know, later I come back and I was like, well, awesome. That didn't get done or I'd be mad at myself. Right. And like, even like, even with my marriage, it's very interesting because I am, I'm about 80% extrovert and about 20% introvert. He is the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn to like, I'm like, Hey, why don't you go do this? Or I'm like, Hey, you should, you should do this before you get into a social setting because he has very high social anxiety. And I'm like, okay, this will be fun when he's like, you know, being tortured on the inside. And the same goes the other way. And we've had to learn to adjust those communication issues because it's, but we're not inside each other's head. So me learning to say like, no, I want to do that. Or him looking at me and saying, I, this is not what I need right now. And like you said, learning those boundaries, because everybody and their brother wants to tell us exactly what we should do, what we should say, all the things. And I'm like, that's when I have to uh, shift that a little bit and say, okay, who is this person? What do they know about what I'm doing? And how much of this advice should I actually soak in versus let it roll right on off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hard. It is. And I feel that that leads to a whole other topic um, or podcast topic, which is like yeah. just authenticity. Like that word is so overused yeah. and whatnot. So how do you, when you talk about going with your gut, how do you go with your gut to actually listen to what is right for you and yeah. what feels right? And then also how do you be brave enough to do that? Because like, we don't need like an authenticity. I think that like we package it in such a way of, it's about like really big things. Like my parents yeah. want me to be a lawyer, but I want to yeah. be an artist. Yeah. And we don't realize that sometimes it's about, you know, I want to wear the really bright earrings. Yeah. I wear the really bright skirt, but I'm afraid that people will judge me if I do that. So it even sometimes goes down just the core of, a shade of lipstick or earrings. And so like this authenticity thing is so much bigger than. Yeah. 
I I mean, heck, I wore a pair of uh, bright red pants the other day. And honestly, it came completely out of my comfort zone. I put them on and I was like, okay. But the fact that I did that, I was like, I like these pants. I was like, the fact that I just did that means you bet your butt I'm going to wear these all day because it's going to make me challenge myself. And I'm not going to care if anybody is like, Lauren, you look stupid. Lauren, that looks horrible. Okay, fine. Great. Good thing you're not wearing them. And how about the fact that nobody says that? Like, that's the most amazing thing is that, like, we psych ourselves up that if yeah. people say my pants are stupid, I'm going to say, well, at least you're not wearing them. They say that. Like, it's amazing to me that we give yeah. so many people so much, like, credit. Yes. And now we have less than a minute. So I'm yes. going to. No, you're good. Well, I was going to say, what, is there anything profound that you would like to add of your own experience here before we close? I actually miss, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to close the way that I started. And that is really remembering that your gut is the quiet voice that says, I know, and fear is the loud voice that screams. What if? Yes. And I could not second that more because that is my entire platform. What I have learned. So everybody, that is a perfect note to leave on. Please go with your gut. And then keep going. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you. Whoops.